Bonjour, bonsoir, buonasera, come va? We have a lot of Italian influence tonight, dear friends, at least from a long time, on our JCB Live happy hour. It's exciting to meet you again in August and to celebrate the summer. We're going to celebrate it tonight with something very important to all of us, the preservation of our land, our amazing nation that is the United States of America, one of the most amazing country on the planet. To remain amazing, we always need to think about preserving land and making sure that we give the opportunity for our land to be what she's meant to be. Our best friend should always be Mother Nature. So tonight, we have two incredible personalities to represent what Mother Nature is about. One is Mr. Ralph Grassi, Italiano di Decente. And we're going to ask him from where? Incredible rancher, owner of fabulous vineyards in one of the impossible places that maybe people thought is Marin County. He's done the impossible to plant phenomenal Chardonnays and Pinots in one of the best places after the Golden Gate Bridge. The other phenomenal lady with us is my irresistible gorgeous wife, Gina Gallo, who sits on the board of the most important organization in the country, the American Farmland Trust. Very important to all of us, and I know you all engage in wine, and you all engage in preservation, and tonight we'll be discussing it with both of them. Mr. Grassi runs the operation, not only his own, but as well the Farmland Trust. And even if he doesn't, we gave him a promotion tonight because he deserves it. <laughs> so, dear friends, welcome Mr. Grassi and Mrs. Gina Gallo, and I may add, Boisset. <laughs> Ralph, so good to see you, Gina. What an honor. Great to be here. Well, what a pleasure. So, you know, Ralph, we're going to start by Gina describing why we're drinking number 13. Dear friends, we're drinking bubbles that my beautiful, irresistible, talented, and I believe the best winemaker on the planet. <laughs> Today. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Not at all. Sante, cheers. Salute. Thank you, Joshua. So number 13, why number 13? This is very apropos because my father, his favorite number. Well, I'll start by just the wine itself. In Burgundy, Jean Chaui, we're tasting bubbles in Burgundy and this Cremant that was ridiculously amazing. I'm tasting it and they weren't going to really do much with it and they were thinking, I'm not sure what. I said, send it over to us. Let's go to, let's go to Napa and have it for here. People will love it. What I love about number 13 is it's unlike any champagne. It's unlike any Cremant. It is this in-between of a beautiful champagne Cremant that balances wine. You can have this, and I think you can have champagne and Cremant with supper, I'm not saying that, but it has this soft delicateness, but these soft bubbles that just sparkle in your mouth. And when you taste it, it's not overpowering of raspberry and all this fruit, but you have these underlying sophistications of all this fun stuff that just <sighs> happens in the mouth. So <sighs> I fell in love with it when I tasted it because of the in-between of a classic champagne or a classic sparkling or a classic Chardonnay and wine. Um, and wine. 
So that's that. Wow. And then Jean Chau says, okay, if you love it so much and we're gonna send it to America, we're going to California, I'm all about ah. numbers because Jean Chau's all about numbers. Yes. What would you name the number? What's the number? And I'm thinking, what's the number? <laughs> so I'm thinking, so this brings it back to my father. My father's lucky number, his favorite number is 13. And I personally had playing soccer, I had like number nine, and like, mm, it doesn't really work with this because that's a little bit more, mm, you know, striker, not aggressive. But my dad is 13 because 13 always comes through. And that's why I love this wine. It always comes through, whether it's with a meal or whether it's on its own. And I love my father for saying his number's 13, and everyone says 13's the unlucky number, right? Not, it doesn't always have to be. So there, Ralph, there's three words behind it. I know we, we, we're taking our breath. Was it an impressive decision? Sorry, I, I, I'm gonna take a sip, then I'll be quiet. But I love, I'm emotional about this wine, and I'm emotional about it because of my father and his lucky number 13. And that you mm. were able to let me mm. number it. Well, let me just follow a little bit on your father. Because I was minding my business running our dairy farm in Marin County. 45 years ago, and a group of us got together and, and um, on farmland preservation, we started a local group, and then we said, you know, we need a national organization to lead the charge. So I got involved on the board, and then as the president, spent a number of years there. But shortly after I got to Washington, which is where my wife and I lived at, to run the organization, I got a phone call from the mayor of Modesto. Ooh. And her name was Peggy Mensinger. That's probably a name you don't even know, but she was the mayor. No, I do. Of Modesto. And she says, Ralph, I'm a member of American Farmland Trust. She says, and if you are serious about protecting farmland, you got to come and meet Bob Gallo. Ha, ha, ha. So dear friends, this guy is a serious conservationist. Gina's father, Bob hmm. Gallo. And that's so, how. So I said, Peggy, get me an appointment with Bob and I'm on my way to California. And that was the beginning of a great relationship because there's now been a Gallo member of the family on the board of directors ever since. And is it a good thing? Yeah, of course, it's a great thing. Do we it's need a, great... a Gallo part of this organization? <laughs> Tell us why. Why is it important for the Gallo family to be part of the American Farmland Trust? Gina, give us as a member, and Ralph, you were president for 23 years, which is amazing. Why does it mean something to you? I look at Ralph's, he started, you, and you were handpicked by uh, Peggy, yeah. right? Rockefeller, yeah. Yeah. That's the, that, and Peggy really started this, so we can go into the history of how this started. And we will, Gina. Why is it but, important to you? You get the bug. When you hear your father, you hear your mother, uh, they go. They go to this. They're going to the board meeting. It's what they believe in. It's that. It's not just in their local community, but it is a greater thing. You're talking about uh, America, California. Two thousand acres are paved over every day. Mm -hmm. Our slogan is "No farms, no food." Pretty simple to get. We cannot let all of our farms go to other. I love other parts of the world. Obviously, France, other. <laughs> but I mean, we can't, we, we are so rich with our land. And what I love about it and what I think is important is you have this, this consistency of dad's really belief and he instilled in myself, my brother Tom, who was outstanding, he was on the board. And then he said, you know, Gina, I think you should be the next one. And I'm like, oh my gosh, 
it's right up my alley. I love well, it because I'm going to learn. So boom. So so I love it. I think the, it's important. The passion runs deep in the gene pool, right? You can hear the passion yes. in her voice. But I think it goes back farther than that because when mm -hmm. my early conversations with her father, uh, he was talking about his father, Julio, and his interest in the land for and sure. the care for the land and the soil. He understood. You make good wine from good soil. That's it. And it's that simple. So Ralph. So can I just introduce that one really quickly? Because that's exactly where I was going. I lost my train of thought. Grandpa said, your greatest riches are the f dirt between your feet. Yeah. So Ralph, Huge. give us, after 23 years of presidency and today, yeah. yep. board member, of course, of this amazing organization. We are friends from all over the world and dear friends, great to be together. It's so much fun. We have heavy lead tonight. Give us the definition of the farm trust, farmland uh, trust of America. Uh, so where is, 40 years later, here we are, American Farmland Trust is now the leading organization in this country in land con farmland conservation. Yeah. It works out of Washington, D.C., but it works in numerous areas around the country. All over Here the in country. California, up in the Northeast, in the Midwest, working with farmers on doing really three things. One is preserve the land. Yes. Keep it in agriculture. Mm -hmm. You said we're losing 2,000 acres a day for the last decade mm. to suburban sprawl, to ranchettes. We're wasting land. Yeah. We, we waste a lot of things in this country, but we can't afford to waste the very best farmland, sure. right? So the first thing is to work with farmers and create programs that help them preserve the land. And it's more than just regulation. It's yes. about compensation. It's about how can we make it fair for everybody. So that's why we developed the conservation easement yes. to protect land for all future generations. And in a way that's fair to both the landowner and the public. So balance. Brilliant. Second step after you've protected the land yeah. is to improve the quality of the land. That's Not brilliant. just maintain it, because many of our lands have been depleted over the last couple centuries. So we got to rebuild it. So this we now call regenerative agriculture. Mm. This is this is uh, taking organic, sustainable, and other words, and really talking about regenerating the soil, building the soil up. Brilliant. That process also happens to take carbon out of the atmosphere. So it's timely for climate change yeah. to to develop regenerative agriculture at a very large scale. It was early on developed by Bob Rodale at the Rodale right. organization. But One of our favorite partners, in yeah. fact, as we'll talk later. But, but now... In Pennsylvania, can you believe? Yeah, in Pennsylvania. Yeah. What American Farmland Trust is doing is helping take that mainstream. Yeah. And so, so that's a big part. The third piece of it is the people. You yeah. still have to have farmers. Yeah. Right? And so working to create new opportunities for young farmers, to improve diversity on the land, That's right. uh, to restore some of the opportunities that were lost by certain segments of our population over the years. Not, not just the African-American farmers, the Native American farmers, right. Asian farmers, many have contributed and uh, it's time we recognize that. So, so this is some of what AFT is doing right now. All over the country. All over the country, particularly in the policy arena. Yes. Because laws have to change. And what is the deal in terms of when the farmland trust comes in, 
you're a rancher, you own your own yeah. operation yeah. in addition to your responsibility. How does that work yeah. as far as when you commit to be part of it? So it might be American Farmland Trust, it might be one of our local partners. That's right. right? The, like the Marin Agriculture Land Trust or... Uh, the Sonoma Land Trust, the Napa yeah, Or the Trust. Brandywine Conservancy or there, there are lots of partners around the country. Um, the process is to acquire an easement on the land yes. that is then recorded with the deed and it runs with the deed in perpetuity, a long wow. time. Right? And in return, the landowner gets compensation, a one-time compensation. Generally, what we promote is cash compensation. Yeah. Farmers are, you know, own a lot of land, but aren't necessarily liquid. That's it. And so this is an opportunity to liquefy some of that. Luckily, we liquid tonight. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Um, sometimes it's for the tax benefits. Sometimes people who can use the tax benefits can donate the easement, and that becomes uh, just as strong an easement as one that's purchased. But for most farmers and ranchers. Um, the lack of liquidity means you have to find ways to raise money to buy the easement, mm -hmm. which usually can be 50% of the value of the land. And why did you, tw for 23 years, accepted to run this organization? Why is it important for all of us to know about it? Well, I'm as passionate as Bob and Gina and the Gallo family is about the land. Yes. Right? And we only have one shot. That's at right. This. Once it's gone, it's under pavement, you can't bring it back. That's it. It's very, very hard to bring it back. So, um, you know, I left our dairy. Um, we moved to D.C. to run this organization. Tried to do both for a while. That's hard to do. So, um, you know, it's just my belief. Um, and I found a lot of other people who had the same passion about protecting the land. I think Ralph is very humble. He realized he had an amazing dairy, and now he has an amazing vineyard, but he realized he could do better good moving his family to D.C. And so, you have, which is... Well, thank you, Gina. And now you're so, back, thank goodness. Well, um, you Catholic, God converted water into wine. You decided to convert milk into wine. Tell us a little more about this, because, you know, we'll, we're going to go back, of course, to farmland trust but tell us about your vision of what well in some a very ways, unique place in, in some ways that's very true um, because many of the vineyards and, and I know the Gallo family had understands this too are former cattle operations yes. either dairy or beef operations and those cattle improve the quality of the soil over sure. time sure. right I mean by moving cattle around on soil it improves quality and so there is a connection between the dairy that was there and the vineyard that is today there. For and, sure. And I believe a lot of the productivity and the quality of the grapes that we're able to produce, not unlike many of my other friends in the vineyard business, are a result of having cattle on that land for 100 years or more. That's Tell, my thesis. <laughs> well, this is a great thesis. So first, Let's have a what toast, because soon, dear friends, you're going to be introduced to Ralph's Vineyard through the Deloach Winery, because we have very fortunately acquired some of the grapes from Ralph's Vineyard and his beautiful wife. But I want to go back to the status of what is so important 
in the United States and in the North Bay about agriculture. So give us well, a little bit of an overview yeah. of what's happening. So I, I think a um, recent example was uh, the, shut, the COVID shutdown last yep. year. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, people were scrambling for food supplies. There were major disruptions yep. in food supplies. And one of the reasons for that is we've become dependent on a certain model of production in this country yes. of produce it here and ship it there. That's right. Um, I think what we're seeing now is a reassessment. Local and yeah. eat local. We have to have diverse food systems yes. near where people live for, sure. for lots of reasons. One is food security, yeah. but another is the simple cost, both financial and environmental, of shipping food long distances. Yeah. Big mm -hmm. trucks moving food across the country. Now, Carbon food some of that's necessary. Safety, safety yes. and all of the above, obviously. Some of that is necessary, of course, but we can minimize that by protecting the best land. It just happens, yeah. and it's not going to be a surprise to you, that most of the very best land in this country, or very a lot of it, is located around metropolitan areas because our ancestors were smart enough to settle where the most productive land was. Imagine. But then the cities are growing on that land. So we have disproportionately taken the very best land yeah. for housing over time, and that needs to stop. And you know, we always take in Napa Valley the famous example of Santa Clara, yeah. who used to be yeah. walnuts and almonds and plums and all of that. So my wife, Judy, who's sitting over here in the chair, grew up in Santa Clara. That's right. right? In 1957, Santa Clara was the number three agriculture county in California. Can you believe that, dear friends? And the number one county was Los Angeles County. Yeah. Yeah, not today. Can you believe that? And that's in our lifetimes. Yeah. That, that has that's transpired in our lifetimes. It happens faster than you think. So there's a lot of red flags. So yeah. the, the role of the organization is obviously to slow this down and to bring reality to it. Where do you see the conversion happening now in the future? Huh. It seems, That's, and yeah. why do I say that, dear friends? Many of yeah. you are in Asia, in Europe, in Canada. I'm very optimistic about the realization of the United States on this topic. And I think American people at large have realized that it's an essential issue. So I'm hopeful, always. Is it what you feel? So, so, so part of what we have to do is educate. Yes. Right? That's why shows like this are very important. People, thank you. the rest of the citizens need to know, and they need to know that we're gonna to have to change laws and we're gonna to have to change policies. We're gonna to have to step up to make this happen. You know, unfortunately, if we don't do something, the trends will continue. We will continue to convert the best land out of production and keep pushing agriculture onto the marginal lands, That's right. which have, of course, all kinds of ramifications, both environmental and financial. Uh, for this country. So that's, that's, that's a big deal. It has to happen. Well, and I'm so glad you said that. You know why we serve you this wine from the Oakville Grocery? Oldest continuous operated store on the west coast of California with Gina's store, Dry Creek. <laughs> in, the other valley, in the other valley, in the other valley. And Gina You're a little an older than job. me, though, as we know. Is we here from the Dry Creek store that Gina owns to the Old Grocery, we're here to promote local, local farmers, 
local purveyors, local, local, local. We believe if you eat local, you preserve local, you entertain the local fabrics of what you just referred to. By doing that, by buying local, by supporting local farmers, you're setting the stage for the next generation of young that's farmers. Right. And that's a really crucial transition that has to happen now in the next 10, 20, 30 So years. how do we attract Ralph? Gina was born and bred into farming. How do we convince more younger generation to take over the family ranch and or to go back into farming, which is a very noble, beautiful work to do? Yeah, but it's hard work. Right? Well, and, what is, and it's not a 40-hour week. That's right. It's, it's, a, it's a life. Are you listening, dear yeah. friends? <laughs> Bring your overalls. We'll hire you. <laughs> Um, but there's more pleasure in return yeah, with that. It's a lot of satisfaction. Thing going yes. to. A lot of satisfaction. So your ranch has been over 100 years as yeah. a family ranch. Yeah. It's, yeah. Over, I, our, our ranch is, my grandfather purchased it not too long after he immigrated. Um, from Italy. From actually 50 miles north of the border in uh, the southern slopes of Switzerland. Oh, wonderful. Lake Lugano, north of oh, Lake Lugano. I know it so well. Bellinsona, that area. Bellinsona, the beautiful yeah. hams yeah. over there. <laughs> Ooh la la. We're going to eat well tonight, dear friends. <laughs> but, he, but he came here like other yeah. immigrants, worked hard, saved, started to buy land, yes. had a big family, I think for the labor. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's and, always and then he the bought case. more. Right? And, and you make so, more children so they yeah, can work for yeah, you. That's, 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 Isn't it the Gallo Mantra? Sorry, we're digressing. That's, that's, yes, but we love them all. Yeah. <laughs> and then he bought this place. He bought this place, and, and then he, over time he bought a few more. And all of his kids had dairies and ranches. And, that's amazing. Um, many of them. Many of them are still in agriculture here in the mm. North Bay, and now we're down are you trying to tell into us you're very five generations now. Are you very fertile as a family? Is it thanks to the good milk you raise? Well, I, I think uh, we, we've done pretty well. How we many have, children? We have eight grandchildren. What? Yes. Judy and I have eight grandchildren. Yes. Three girls, and uh, I don't think they're done. <laughs> <laughs> Keep working at it. So, Gina, before we go to further topics, you, the winemaker, the legendary winemaker, no, no, Gina no. Gallo. We're very lucky, dear friends. It's very rare, even though I'm her husband, that she eventually appears on the show. It takes Mr. Grassi. So give us a description of this amazing, phenomenal cinema coast. And maybe some of the grapes may come from your vineyard. So we wanted to show you what happens in Sonoma close to you. And then we're going to try the grapes coming from Mr. Grassi. So Gina. Look at the camera and our friend around the world and why we should buy the township. What are we the having? What are we having? Old Grocery Chardonnay township. 2018. Look at this baby. Look at that. Mm. And I don't know who made it. Doesn't matter. But Give I would us a say quick assessment. My quick assessment is. Gina, we have a lot of topics to cover. Today. I'm going to have a little more because it's cooler. <laughs> and I'm going to taste and I'm going to give you a quickie. I'm all about the nose. I'm easily 85% everything in the aroma. Hmm. Honey, when I, I think of Napa Valley, I think Sonoma County as well, and Marin County, I, I think of what makes uh, all the flowers, what makes everything so beautiful are bees. So to me, it's like a honeycomb. It's so vibrantly, and this honeycomb that's very tense where you have the comb, so you know it's going to have some pop going in the mouth. Um, okay. And sure enough, 
What I love about a wine is when you taste it and you smell it in the aroma and then you taste it and it follows through, it follows through exactly like that. So you still have the honeycomb. The honeycomb is there. You have this nice acidity, but it's rich, but not too rich. It has some nice acidity that's just small, that little like uh, the acid that just balances it all out and makes it complete. This wine to me is almost like, uh, it's like a ballerina. When you look Ooh. at a ballerina, a ballerina is what? Delicate on her feet, but the, probably the most strongest athlete in the world. And that's what I get in this. As far as fruit, um, it gets complex. You can have a lot of things, but the driving force is the honeycomb. I love it. Thank you so much. I love much. it, and I well, have not had this. Well, anything to add? I haven't had this. I know this. it's hard after such a description. <laughs> and I took my glasses off, so I can't really read which one the vintage is. I know it's Oakville. That's beautiful. No, whoever did that one, congratulations, master. So, thank you, Ralph, as well. Gina, beautiful description, of course. So, Ralph, you've been the man of the year on progressive farming in 2002. It's a major award, dear friends, in the United States. And it's a big deal. It's a big deal. So tell us what a progressive farmer means and how we should all be inspired by it. Well, I think the key word there is change. Yes. It's, it's the willingness to adopt change. Right to try to foresee it, but it's hard to, right? Yes, for sure. Uh, but, but a willingness to adopt it, to be progressive. You have to be on your toes. You have to be willing to see new ideas, to take chances. Um, that is American Farmland Trust. That, you know, we've pushed the envelope hard mm -hmm. because yeah. farmers, you know, farmers kind of like things sometimes just the way they are. They don't for want sure. change to come, but change is coming. You have to prepare for it. At American Farmland Trust, I think that's what, one of the things that I'm most proud of is that we have helped people get to that point of yes. change. So tell us how, because what is important as we hear, I'm a farmer in Nebraska, I'm a farmer in the Midwest, I'm a farmer in Japan, I'm a farmer in France. What is progressive necessary change that I need to think about for the future? Well, I think the way to sell it to the farm yeah. community is about around opportunity. Yes. Farmers are, are driven by a strong sense of the land and the soil. That's there. Yes. Sometimes the economic pressures of the day suppress that. That's right. right? And so we have to find ways to uh, allow that to open up and develop. Right? So incentive programs, uh, programs that um, provide opportunity for farmers to take chances, maybe get some compensation for their some risk, help them with their risk. Sure. We do a lot of research mm -hmm. in our organization. We work with the universities. Yes. Um, we work with a lot of individuals on research to try to demonstrate the new ideas, the regenerative agriculture ideas, and then we we go out and we raise money. We raise money from foundations and from our members who, who are very generous members who provide us the funds to assist those farmers yes. to make that change. So and you're a farmer, and what do you lean on? You lean on shoulders, right? So also I would say I love what you said, and I think it's that, that, that uh, uh, learning from each other, right? Yeah. Learning from what American Farmland Trust so has and all the other farmers. It's the, the key there, of course, is to... Uh, get leadership yeah. in the agriculture community. So one of the great benefits of having sure. 
the Gallo family involved yes. is the credibility they bring to the cause. Do they own land? Of course they have some I, land. I do. <laughs> they have some land. Um, but but the, fact, the fact that they are highly respected in the agriculture community, when, when Bob Gallo would tell his friends, we've got to move down this path, it, it wasn't Ralph Grassi saying it, it was Bob Gallo. Yeah, but and it's a combination of efforts. And, and Tom well. Gallo and Gina sure. Gallo um, and other key board members. So we have, we have really good leadership in the organization. Our new president is terrific. Well, and we'll come back to that. Gina, tell us a little bit about the One Acre to One Acre program that you, your grandfather, your father started, which is amazing. And I think it's a great example of how you preserve land in today's time. So explain to our friends what it means quickly. Yes, quickly. I know has things. I speak too much. Who do you think speaks more, everyone out there? Him or me? I don't know. No, but the one acre, it, it, it's, uh, and that's why I'm addicted to the land and the soil. And like my grandfather said, the best, our richest goods are the soil beneath our feet. So my grandfather, Julio, and my father, I know he had a big part to this too, was for all, any vineyard that we have, whether it be Napa, whether it be Sonoma, the Central Coast, whether it be in the Valley, one acre of land um, will be one acre of natural habitat. So it's this balance of the ecosystem that is very important for the flourishing of nature. And certain areas, maybe the valley doesn't really need it, but up in Napa or Sonoma, maybe you need a little bit more of that buffering. And um, it's just, a, it's a small thing, but it's a big thing that uh, Grandpa believed in. And he said we do, and we'll do it forever for all we live. Because one thing about growing grapes and as Ralph knows, um, it's generational. You're thinking. You're thinking for uh, generations. She describes it as a small thing. It is a very big thing yes. for a landowner to dedicate so much land to natural habitat. For sure. When they're also developing some, right? I mean, this is this is a model for, to follow. To follow. Yes. And dear friends, the model to follow is how did Ralph converted with his beautiful wife, Dairy, beautiful milk, the utters producing the essence of the oldest animal on earth. That's July. a beautiful pinot. Hmm. So the grapes that we're tasting in this beautiful Marin County made by Brian Maloney and our wonderful team at Dolores Vineyards comes from the wonderful vineyards of Ralph. So Ralph, evolution of agriculture, your great-grandfather did not do what you've done on this land, nor your father necessarily. Now you converted from a great yeah. dairy farmer to grapes. Yeah. Give but, us this evolution. But, but, each, but each generation has that responsibility. That's right. right to take sure. what we've been blessed with and take Indeed. it to another level. Indeed. And, and to make sure that it's, you know, as Chief Seattle said. I just gave number 13 better. to Mr. Grass's wife because she's thirsty. <laughs> Um, so I think, I think that's just part of the deal. Yes. If you're a farmer, if you're a landowner, you have an obligation to take what your ancestors did. My grandfather, hardworking, built yes. a real asset base in this country. My father took it to the next level. Lots of conservation projects that he just did on his own. Yes. Because he felt we, these are the things you need to do. And now it's our turn. And very shortly, it's going to be our children's turn. For sure. To, and, and they're passionate as we are. 
And this why, is a big change, though. Why did you decide going from four legs to uh, to, to, to roots? From, to roots. Going from so right? why did you do grapes? Pinot Noir, Marin County, dear and friends. You, and you have there. some beautiful neighbors, as you know. I mean, Marin County to me for Pinot, I'm 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 hooked. What's so, your thoughts? For for so so I I quality. think we have. Um, a perfect situation, Marin. These former ranches, these dairy and beef yeah. ranches, I said earlier, there's productivity in that soil yeah. because the cattle have been on them for a long time. Um, we have little inland valleys mm -hmm. that each has its own unique microclimate. So you can have some fun trying to figure out what works right. best on them. But we get the cool coastal breeze, the fog comes in, yeah. <laughs> so climatology is amazing. The fog comes in at night, but, so it drops down to 50 degrees overnight, 95% humidity, and the next afternoon it's 95 degrees and dry. And uh, the Pinot seems to like that. At least it does at our place. Well, which is amazing, dear friends. We have with Dan Goldfield, who's been consulting with us, mm. as well as obviously Brian Maloney, a head winemaker with Mr. Stubbs, Mr. Obviously the founder of Skywalker Ranch, <laughs> and many other great friends, yeah. including you, transforming that 200 acre you know, area, which is very small. So when you pass the Golden Gate Bridge, you see those beautiful rolling hills, those gorgeous cows, some vineyards, and on the other side, vineyards to the Pacific Ocean. It's a dream. And Pasternak, David Gulch. We're thinking of you, Mr. Pasternak. We're going to have rabbit tonight from you, uh -huh. just in your honor, maybe. Yes. So let's go back to food. Yeah. Why do we have such an issue with food in general? And I know I'm not going to ask you how we can solve it because it's yeah. not easy. It's, that's a longer conversation. Um, well, we have time. You know, we have, we have, you know, we have issues with food uh, because of the way our food production system has evolved. Yeah. Um, people have forgotten, in many cases, what taste is. Yeah. Um, I won't pick on any particular crop. Well, maybe I will. But um, strawberries are a good example. Mm. Right. The strawberries you buy in the supermarket don't have much flavor. The strawberries you buy at the farmer's market are wonderful. Explode in your mouth. Right. It's just the same thing with other foods because we've developed a system um, yes. that relies on shipping long distances yeah. and so we have breeds mm. of uh, fruit and vegetables that are bred for shipping, yes. not for taste. Mm -hmm. And what a lot of farmers in the local foods movement are doing, they're going back and they're finding those old heirloom yes. Fruits and vegetables. Thank you for bringing that up. And and now, uh, you have at least you have the opportunity yes. to have real taste in your food, and in the process you can support a local farmer. Uh, and if you don't support those local farmers, um, that opportunity is going to go away. That's right, for sure. So how do we recommend um, to? really have the farmer and the connection to the retail happen yeah. in a greater way. You touched on it a little earlier. I, I think there are two. What's your advice there? There are two or three ways, of course. There are, of course, commercial time. Support organizations like American Farmland yeah, Trust, absolutely. your local farmer's markets, the organizations that are working on this. It's not just us. That's right. Many organizations working on this. Um, clearly, um, 
buying, purchasing locally, yeah. making sure you purchase, and then asking at the grocery store or at your restaurant, where did this food come from? Because you can make a difference That's right. in the buying habits of the intermediaries. You can, you can make them start thinking about buying from so glad you said a local that. farmer the instead voice. of the broker who has shipped it in from wherever. You know, dear friends, eating the season, farming the season, eating the season. Yeah. My grandmother used yeah. to say, who is my mentor, or one of them, besides Gina, naturally, is eat the season and your body will build the microorganism that will defend and protect and prevent and help you to be who you are. I'm sure you've heard that story yeah, many yeah, times. Yeah. And every state has a season that can have beautiful things, which is pretty impressive nowadays. That's right. So have strawberry when strawberry comes out. Yeah. So Probably Ralph, an, another important topic yes. I want to make sure we touch on is sustainability, organic and biodynamic farming. You know, we need to preserve our land, yep. and obviously we went excessively, as we all know, around the world, into, you know, the easy approach to working with Mother Nature. So, can you touch on this, and, and, and Gina as well, as far as what you believe and what you encourage people well, to Well, first of all, it comes from the consumer, yeah. right? Because if the consumers need to be educated about what they're eating, yeah. and they have to demand a certain quality of certain production techniques. Yes. That, that will trickle back down. I mean, at least that's one way to raise the issue. Consumers yeah. need to know more about where their food comes from, how it's produced, and I think when they do, it will have positive impacts. Um, it is difficult to adopt production methods that are more costly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an industry, a business, all of agriculture that has generally very thin margins. Yeah. Right? So it's very easy to go to the safest route, yeah. right? The, the least risk, more chemicals, more fertilizers, that's less right. compost. It's, it's those, that's, that's all harder work. But that's changing. That's changing. Um, you know, and we're you learning feel a lot. optimistic about yeah, that? Yeah, I, I do. And um, part of this, Part of this, not all of it, but a, part, a piece of this is looking at the whole picture. Yeah. Right? So what does a farm produce? Food, of course. Yeah. But we produce clean air, clean water, wildlife habitat, and now an opportunity to sequester carbon in the soil and pull it out of the air. All of those are public benefits mm -hmm. from private land. Well said. Right? We have never had a good system for compensating the private landowner for all these wonderful benefits they produce. So a lot of the work that American Farmland Trust is doing is trying to bridge that difference. Well what is the system yeah. that will make it fair so that the private landowner is fairly compensated for all these benefits they produce for the rest of society? And these are, these are intangibles, so they're hard to put a, yeah. a value on. But a, a, in a way, a conservation easement on a land does that because it compensates the landowner for preserving that land, preserving the open space and the wildlife habitat. So in, in effect, what American Farmland Trust does is kind of a broker of using public dollars yes. and, and privately donated dollars and foundation dollars 
to compensate landowners for something they're producing for the rest of society. Mm. And we need more of that. For sure. Gina, on that note, any example, when you taste this wine, which we'd love to get your opinion on, this is, quite this is sustainably and organically farmed, Beautiful. which is very exciting. And that's really the future in many ways. And Gina, maybe you want to touch on the flavor you feel in this Pinot Noir, Marine County, which I think for some of you, dear friends from Burgundy, Ruy area. So that's the Côte Chalonnaise. You know, this is very similar to me of a beautiful Mercure Ruy Rouge of Burgundy of a great Pinot. So Gina, tell us about why you think sustainability organic in this example gives us better flavors. It kind of goes back to the strawberries. <laughs> this is not a strawberry wine. This wine is really, you can taste, you taste the earth, you taste the forest floor, you taste the um, what's been there before. I get a little bit of mushroom, but mm. I also get the wild berries, like when you're out in the Russian River or Marin, because I haven't been a lot in Marin, but you know, in the Russian River, I think of like picking wild berries and blackberries out there, and you just eat them, and they're just like, boom, in your mouth. That's this. It explodes in your mouth. And then you also have the soil, and it's like, what's been there before, which I think really makes a difference. And you really taste what was been there, you know, the, the earth. And earth is, who does not like to get their toes in the sand? That's one thing. But when you get your toes also in the dirt and the earth and you, you, you feel that, it feels really good. Um, yeah, I, 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 I like it again. I love this. Um, Brian? Congratulations, because I think this is your wine. I'm jelly. I'll just tell you right now. So, and thank you, Ralph, for producing the grapes. So, Ralph, you're very involved in philanthropy, in education. Besides your, your fabulous world as the Farmland Trust, you are involved with Yale, as an example. Give us a little bit about what you do between all the universities, the wildlife, and all those impacts well, you do. I, I guess I... Um, in my role as president all those years at American Farmland Trust, you know, part of the role was to interact yes. with the academic community. And so I had the opportunity to work with the School of Forestry at Yale, the University of California Department of Natural Resources, yes. with um, Cal Poly School of Agriculture, where they have developed a tremendous uh, wine nice. program. Yeah, wine and that, which there. is nice. Um, and th that's just part of what we need to do. For sure. You know, um, as I said earlier, it's important that the farmers who we want to adopt new practices and to change the way they farm look to certain people. They look to leaders in the community like, yes. like the Gallo family, but they also look to the academic world because that's where the, that's where the basic research is done. So um, our organization... Um, and I personally was just actively involved in um, making those connections hmm. for... Um, so you touch on, and dear friends, we're going to do one more wine, so stay with us. <laughs> I'm going to let you either finish or maybe dispose. I'm the one drinking faster than anyone. This. I'm not going to, this is Ralph. This Great. Ralph Grassi Ranch from Marin County is yeah. quite amazing, I must tell you. Love the style. Now we're going to go to the rock pile. That was nice. Um, you touch on forestry. Yeah. Another phenomenal topic. And I think we need to be transparent, and that's the idea of us being together. 
what is happening in this lovely state of California if we bring it to us with those crazy fires or whatever else and what shall we do? Wow, uh, that's, a, that's a subject for a much longer conversation. Yeah, I know. No, let's go well, back to organic biodynamic. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I guess I, I don't feel uh, adequate in tackling that issue. Well, maybe we could tackle the drought. Yeah, well, the drought, the drought this, is, this is serious now. We're, yeah. we're, in, we're in the middle of summer um, in a 18-month uh, period where we've had less rain than in recorded history. That's right. Um, our, uh, even our poor little grapevines, we're, we're giving them just a, a, a half a gallon uh, now and then just to keep them going this year. I mean, the religious world is asking, <laughs> or we asking them to pray for water, just similar to the Native Americans used to do. But what American Farmland Trust is about the land, these definitely the climate, yeah, yeah, the and, drought and people and the people, yeah, yeah. Those now, are the pillars, I would now say. Now this right? is, a, you know, there's a short-term issue here with the drought. And yes, I, I don't know, you know, we can't pray any harder. It just, it doesn't seem to be working. But cycles will happen, and we'll get some rain at some point, and hopefully enough people will survive this that. We'll have a you know a bountiful yeah. harvest again next year, sure. right? Sure. Yes. Um, but the regenerative part of our program to build the soil is a drought uh, resilience strategy, yes. right? Because you build the soil, it holds moisture better. For sure. So even when you get a little moisture, it helps long term. That's right. So, but these are these are that's the longer look. That's yeah. the longer. The shorter look is I don't have an answer. <laughs> this is this is serious. This well, is serious. I love your no, but that's we, that's we're the working honesty. on it. But this is exciting to be able at least to discuss because life is about discussing issues, being yeah. open-minded to it, not always to have solution, but at least to be open to the topic of discussion and not to really think that there's no solution because I believe there is. Well, there's nothing quite like a uh, fine wine to stimulate the discussion. <laughs> That's right. What about that Zinfandel? I mean, when we think about the Zinfandel, came in the United States from our wonderful Italian friends. That's why we wanted you. Primitivo, maybe, mm -hmm. or Croatia, who knows? Whatever, yes. This is the American landmark. This is the American passport. So, what's your view of this rock pile, New Appalachian, Gina, in Sonoma County? Rock pile, which is great, next to Monterosso. You know that great area which has become the very trendy place. What do we think? Ralph? Well, I, I'm definitely not a Zen expert, so I'm, um, I, I just enjoy them. Thank and you, me too. And this is a very we'll nice let Gina, she's the expert. <laughs> no, rough pile. Yeah, it's not, it's not that recent, and they've done extremely well, and it's a beautiful, it's a, which is what's great, is the knowledge and neighbors exchanging and finding out what these little hubs are that can really create cool things. I mean, to me, this, 
what I love about Zinn, our family, my grandfather Julia, or my dad, we just grew up, Zinn was always on the table. Yeah. And he loves Zinn because Zinn basically was, uh, it just adapted to any food. It didn't matter what you have on the table. It could have been a beautiful halibut, it could have been a beautiful pasta, it could have been a pizza, it could have been a steak. Zinn just really wraps itself around. Cabernet is a little bit more peculiar. Uh, Pinot, I think, can adapt as well. But this rock pile area I find fascinating because of its elevation, because of that sunshine, and because of its location, it still has a nice acidity and it's not overripe. It's still very focused, it's very framed. You have some beautiful blackberry, blueberry. This is where you, you left the Pinot, where this is just beautiful. I mean, I, I take a, I'd take a great, my mom, God bless her, love vanilla ice cream. I put a vanilla ice cream in there and I'd probably eat it. Oof. <laughs> Dinner will be great. I would eat it. But it's just, it's it, it has Thank an you. elegance, a rock pile. I think it's a, this is the first time I've had it though. But it, mm -hmm. Thank you, Gina, so much. And Ralph, so a big question before we all go to dinner and barbecuing and doing great things, specifically with a wine like that. What, talking about barbecuing, what would you serve with a Zinfandel like that? Besides vanilla ice cream. No, that's what I mean. I mean, it could go in it. You can do fish with this because well, it has so much elegance and amazing. Gina, you're the queen of barbecuing. I just, when I taste it, I, it reminds me like 4th of July is right around the corner. So I'm thinking of like your blackberry pie that you're going to have and there's a scoop of ice cream. Gina, we, and we I'm in not August now. Book of July was last month. Oh, got to get rid of that one. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, a nice... Uh, Grass-fed ribeye. I agree. Pretty well with this. That's what I would go. <laughs> I'm not used to that. So, <laughs> I, like I, I would like us to go to one last big questions. Many of our friends with us tonight, and many aspiring friends are landowners. What should be the role of private landowners yeah. to preserve natural resources? The role? Well... It has to be a leadership role. Yes. Right? I mean, they, these are the people whose lives depend on that land. Yes. They have to make critical decisions yes. every year about how to use that land. And then they have to make a big decision about what the next generation is going to, what opportunity the next generation is going to have. So the private landowners really need to see, and, so, and many of them are now, see their role in this process. Yes. That, and that they need to be the leaders, not just the takers in this negotiation that goes on. And um, we see it all over the country. We see the cattlemen's associations and the farm yes. bureaus and others stepping up That's great. to support some of the new initiatives, the regenerative agriculture, uh, the carbon sequestration for climate change. The farm community is stepping up. I'm and so glad to that. hear. We need to see that even more. That's fantastic. And Gina, as you are a major landowner in California, I believe over 45,000 acres, and that's probably only what I know. So what message would you have on that? As far as you and your feeling of responsibility of that land. And I'm going to tell you, we farm thousands of acres, dear friends, organically. And I feel... That if I touch land, I'm responsible for the future of that land, and I need to be in total symbiotic, synergistic relationship with that land. 
and we need to make one and we need to vibrate together, magnetize the world together and work with as above, so below. And we need to be in total sync so the land can give us the best and we can value her contribution at the highest level as consumer products or any product we decide to do. So Gina, any thoughts on that as far as you before the ultimate question to Ralph about the message to all of us? <laughs> the preaching moment. I, I just think what Ralph said and what I've seen your family, Jean-Charles, do, our family do, and I think you're a leader in biodynamic organic, which is, un, uh, you know, the pillar of the pillar, is you have young farmers out there. There's a lot of cool young farmers. There's a lot of... Even, you know, not young farmers, lean on the shoulders, don't give up because the, the, the rewards will be so great and follow that passion. Um, like my father says, if there's a will, there's a way and lean on American Farmland Trust. Call them and find out how, how American Farmland Trust can help, how the universities can help. Because what you're doing is just so regal and so uh, great. And if you still have it in your belly, like I say, where you got butterflies and you really want to make it happen, keep doing it. And um, in the end, it, it's the big, greatest rewards are the biggest pain going in. It's, it's sufferings, right? You have a lot of sufferings before you succeed. But don't, so do, Gina, don't do it alone is what I would say. And it's just, I don't know, I just... I'm very grateful being in a, a generational family. Easy for me to say, but at the same time, not easy for me to say because I could do other, we, anyone could do other things, but I love it and I believe in people. And for me, farmland is about the people, it's about the land and it makes me happy and it makes me happy because my greatest memories of all are at the dinner table and from our gardens, that came from my grandfather's garden, my father and mother's gardens, and we cooked a good meal, very simple meal, but it was fantastic. And that is the greatest goods. And yeah, I love it. So that's all I'd say. Well, on that note, I'm going to go back to the Pinot family. <laughs> because that's, that's Ralph. Family. That Pinot, I have to say, is ridiculous. I love the rock pile, very different. I rock for Pinot. <laughs> Play on words. Ralph, what is your dream in terms of You've served for over mm. 23 years. You're on the board. Yeah. No, more You've than inherited that, a phenomenal it? ranch. You've converted your ranch into a phenomenal, beautiful, visionary thing of the future. What is your dream? Wow. <laughs> um, Today. Besides kissing It'll your beautiful tomorrow. wife, <laughs> it will happen. Now, you know... Um, I'd like to think that we can develop a system of farming and food in this country that is fully reflective of the quality of land and the needs of the people. So if you're a consumer, if you're a consumer, you need to educate yourself about yes. the land, about where your food comes from, what you're putting in your mouth, and what you can do to contribute to this That's process, right. right? If you're the, if you're a consumer, you need to take responsibility. It's not going to just happen because some organization like American Farmland Trust is working on it. We'll do our best, but we need 
individual consumers to yeah, take absolutely. personal responsibility for the future of our land, for the future of our food supply. If you're a farmer, you need to think about the next generation because much of the way we farm cannot continue indefinitely. It is not sustainable. So I think American Farmland Trust can provide information, can provide leadership, but it's going to take involvement of so, consumers and farmers. I love it. I'm going to ask you the toughest question of the night. Wait a minute. They keep getting tougher. <laughs> have you done what you think you should have done for your own ranch? And oh, are you ready gosh. in yeah. the next generation yeah. as the Grassi family ranch to you know, you feel never, comfortable? You never, in hindsight, you've never done as much as you should have done. Well, it's still time. And, and, and there's still time. Right? Um, we're pouring our hearts into it at this point in our lives, and I think we're doing a lot. But there's always more you can do. And because we're learning about new things. That's we right. created a riparian corridor through of the course. ranch that's a mile and a half long. Right? Yeah. And we're now just learning that's how important that riparian corridor. Sure. We did it to keep the cattle out of the creek. Yeah. But in fact, what we're finding now is how much carbon it sequesters, right. how many different kinds of wildlife have taken up residence in there, right? We didn't do it with that purpose, but that's the result. Which and I suspect there are going to be more things we do that are going to have positive and hopefully not too many negative impacts. We have a lot to do yet. Every ranch does because it's a ranch is a living thing. It really is. The soil is changing, the habitat. The water situation is changing. You yeah. have to adapt. You have to keep looking ahead. I love how humble you are and at the same time how willing you are to acknowledge that Mother Nature is so powerful. Yeah. And we keep sure. discovering sure. her. Yeah. You talk about the corridor and they come in. She surprises us. Isn't it so cool? Yeah. Yeah. Gina, anything on that as far <laughs> as your dream besides having your husband always being a better husband? <laughs> and Gina used the word, dear friend, suffering. The more I suffer, she says, the better I become. No. So, Ralph, is it what no. happens in your family, too? I think it was fantastic. I'm, I'm very proud there. to be with both of you because of what you do. What you do. Well, last question for Ralph, though, which I think... <laughs> this is the third last question. I know. Yeah. I, 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 you know, it's the last, the last ten commandments, you know? <laughs> We're rewriting the Bible of the environment. And dear friends, what is so important, though, is when you have fascinating guests like we do, is to be together and to have a conversation. And within this conversation, all of us will get inspired by it. Ralph, the last thing I would love for you to, to do is to all our friends around the world, a message. Whatever message you want to send to everyone. <laughs> it could be inspirational. It could be about love, sex, Passion, reproduction, <laughs> environment, drought, fire, <laughs> you know, kissing, learning how the Italian the can learn from the French how to do a good French kiss. It could be about anything you want. <laughs> That's your moment. Um, well, you know, it's think about the next generation. Yes. And follow your instincts. Uh, because most of the time you'll make the right decisions if you're thinking about the next generation. So well said. Ralph, thank you immensely. Your ranch is going to be how many generations now? Yeah, well, we're now uh, four, five, we're in 
five generations. And your children is six or your yeah. grandchildren is seven? Five and five, five and four and five. Yes. That's amazing. Four and five, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Can you believe yeah. California, 1840, they came, 1850, Buena Vista, 1857, the beginning of wine, yeah. the gold rush, and Oakville Grocery, Dry Creek General Store. Mm -hmm. Farmland Trust. What a fun time tonight. Wow. We were three of us with you. <laughs> Have a fun month of August. Gina still thinks it's the 4th of July. I love it. We were in Bastille Day last month in France, and she was raising the French flag, so I'm still hopeful she could speak French. I'm dreaming of so next year. It's harvest okay. is right around the corner, and with harvest, there is always opportunity. That's it. Thank you, Ryan. Fantastic. Dear friends, thank you for being with us. We love you.